Hey guys, thanks for checking out the My Career Path podcast. So today I have another book review for you guys. It is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. This is a book recommended, I think it was by my dad a while back, just about how we need to kind of cut out the non-essentials, finding what really matters and work towards that. So hope you guys enjoy this book review. I hope you guys pick it up for yourselves and check it out. So let's get into it. All right, it's good to be back, good to be recording. Like I said, I've been moving towns, so we've been kind of packing up, moving around. Uh, I have half a studio set up probably right now, uh, just boxes everywhere that we're working on unpacking and getting through. So uh, jumping into this book review, Essentialism by Greg McEwen. It was a great book. It was one I listened to while we were driving back and forth for a family reunion. And it just talked about how we need to make sure that we're doing the essential things in life, that that's where we're putting our focus. And the main premise of that is doing more with less. And so one of the first things that Greg McEwen talks about and kind of compares is the essentialist, basically a person who only does the things that are essential, and a non-essentialist. And he compares them throughout the book. So the idea of not having to say yes to everyone and everything. An essentialist really does more with less. We have to constantly take stock of what we are doing and what we're working on and decide if that's truly essential. We have to really ask ourselves, is this something I should be putting my time into? Is this something I should be focusing on right now? And this is something that I've especially struggled with in my early jobs. I was always the one who would take any and every opportunity to kind of stand out. I would take all the responsibilities. I would spread myself way too thin. One example I have is at Chick-fil-A, which was one of the first jobs I ever worked at. I started out as just being the fry guy. I was It was my first job ever. I had to be trained on what the workplace looked like, what kind of culture was there, and how to really do anything. So I learned how to do the fries, and then eventually I continued to be cross-trained. I started doing the dishes. I started actually preparing the chicken. I started preparing the sandwiches. I started doing salads. I ran the front counter. I did the drive-thru. I I was cross-trained on basically every position except for a shift lead, which was really great because if we were ever shorthanded, I could go help out. However, what this would pretty much lead to is give it to Colton. He could, he could do it and it would, it would leave me spread way too thin. And so instead of doing a great job in a couple of different areas, I was doing an all right job in every area the job of the essentialist is being able to see what is truly essential. And so while I think it is great that I'm cross-trained, and so if we are ever rushed anywhere, I can help out. But when you know we have someone cancel on us and then I'm left to cover three positions and I'm doing a really, probably a bad job at those three positions, I'm not taking care of the customers as I should. And I even got reprimanded a couple times, like you can't do that. It's like, well, I, I'm also back there making the sandwiches and I have to run the drive-through. And so, we have to be able to focus our strengths and what we're good at in order to make significant progress in that area. Essentialism isn't about getting everything done. It's about getting the right things done. So it's making the smartest move to receive that biggest gain. And sometimes the smartest move is pretty difficult to see. One of the things I've liked to think about is professional chess matches, if you guys have ever seen them, they have 90 minutes to play, I think, a game of chess. I think it's 90 minutes. I, I don't remember. I never really catch the start of the game. I just see that they have an hour to make their moves, which you you watch them, and they're sitting there, and they're calculating everything. If I go here, what's going to happen? And they're running through those different scenarios. And so being able to see that in our own lives and taking a step back and going, 
okay, what am I working on? What is this going to lead to? How is this going to get me to where I want to be? It's sometimes difficult to see, especially in the world that we live in, where we have to go so fast one way or the other way. Everything's ever changing. Digital media is constantly evolving. We have to just try to stay current and on top of that. And sometimes it feels like you're going a million miles an hour and you kind of need to hit the brakes. You need to kind of slow down. So one of my favorite quotes from the book Essentialism by Greg McEwen is this, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will do it for you. So we have to actually take the time to plan what we're doing and accomplishing, because if we don't, someone else will gladly do that for us. And I think we've all had this in our careers and in our lives where if you're busy doing nothing, someone may just come along and tell you what needs to be done, especially when you're growing up and you have your parents. And, you know, if you're comfortably sitting on the couch watching TV, they'll probably tell you to go clean your room. And, well, that's probably a higher priority. And basically, there's a constant fight for our attention from different marketing groups and just different activities in general. Everyone is trying to get you to focus on what they want you to focus on. Think of any commercial, any ad when you're watching YouTube. They're trying to kind of hook you. They're trying to bring you in. Because if they do, then hopefully you'll spend your money with them and then they make a profit. Hopefully you get good service and a good product and everyone moves on. And so there's this constant fight for our attention. And marketers are really good at it. I mean, if you're bored, then people want you to spend time on their product or service, scrolling through Instagram, scrolling through Facebook. Social media is one of the best examples of this. And and I, too, am one who enjoys scrolling through Instagram reels for, for periods of time. I enjoy finding the funny pet videos or ridiculous things people are doing or trying. And honestly, it's surprising when I land on a video that is actually a marketing commercial because they make it seem like it's just another reel. It's just another person doing some silly, goofy thing, but really, they're trying to sell a product. And so this type of scrolling is having someone else prioritize your life for you. You're choosing to spend your time being entertained instead of developing a skill or a habit, which Greg McEwen also talks about. Essentialists know when you need to take a break and when you need to actually kind of let loose and have fun. It's also critical to know what you're focusing on because it makes that time so much more valuable. It really is addicting when you're on your social media and you can quickly spend hours on your phone and get sucked into the doom scroll. And one of the constant struggles at my work is priorities. In Essentialism, Greg McEwen talks about the word priority. It was actually created in the 1400s and meant just that, the very first thing, that which is prior to everything else. Then in the 1900s, just in the last century, it became pluralized, somewhat taking away from the original meaning. How can you have multiple things that are prior to everything else? You can't. So instead of having one thing that is first, you now have many things that are first or top priority. And I think we've all been in somewhat of that situation where we're either at work or at school and suddenly we have four different priorities. We have four different projects or assignments that we have to work on and get done in the allotted time and it's just not possible. We feel overwhelmed. We become anxious. And so finding a way that we can actually deal with those priorities and really sort them in order of what is most important for example, at one of my previous jobs, I had to bring up the quarterly report, but a customer needs a question answered right there while our head supervisor needs us to clean the back room, all of which are top priorities to that respective person. Something hasn't been done for several months and therefore needs to be done quickly. So we try to do it all. And just like at Chick-fil-A with, with my experience, we end up spreading ourselves way too thin. 
so instead the customer gets a very rushed answer that doesn't really answer their question. The back room is tidied up, but will quickly return to its disarrayed state. And the quarterly report is missing a crucial section about revenue that you forgot to add because you didn't have the time. When we're taking on more of these tasks, it ultimately means we're saying no to something else. When you say yes to someone, you're saying no to someone else. Greg McEwen actually relates an experience about him saying no to a manager. Ultimately, his supervisor actually gave him more respect for doing so. He wasn't simply a yes man. He was someone who knew what was essential, knew what needed to be done, and would work hard on it. So the next time you're feeling overwhelmed at work or feel like your pile never stops growing, try turning something down. Of course, be respectful about it and make sure you understand why and can clearly articulate the why to them. But discerning what is essential from what is not is increasingly critical. One of the more humorous quotes from the book is, don't rob people of their problems, which honestly reminds me of The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. He talks about how facing challenges actually increases our mental resolve and fortitude. When people have a problem, let them figure it out and help guide them to the right solution. And we need to have the same mindset as well. We can ask people for help, but we shouldn't expect people to just solve our problems for us, however much we'd want them to. A fairly well-known example in business is the idea of seeing problems as monkeys. When people come to you with a problem, as a manager, you're there to help guide them to the right answer. You're not just to solve the problem for them. And the idea of the problems being a monkey is people will come in with a monkey on their shoulder. They'll tell you about the monkey, they'll tell you what the monkey needs to do, and then they'll leave. But they don't take the monkey with them. And so finding a way to balance where we're, we're understanding the problem, we're working with the employee, but they have to take the monkey with them. Otherwise, we end up running a zoo rather than a business. And so something else that I've found, and I think many others have found in doing research about this, is when people are engaged in creating that solution, they're much more bought into the idea of actually making it a reality. Instead of, hey, so-and-so told me that this is how it needs to be done, they're able to have that creativity and a sense of pride, really, for that solution to actually happen and for it to work. They work harder on it because it's their own. So don't rob people of their problems because it really robs them of their personal growth. Another lesson that I took from essentialism is the idea of being too busy to even think. And this is something that I've talked about before and something that I think we all have to increasingly focus on is taking the time to actually think. We frequently get ourselves into these positions where we have way too much going on, which reminds me again of the comfort crisis where boredom is going extinct. The idea from Greg McEwen is that if you are too busy to think, then you're just flat out too busy. Something needs to give, something needs to be taken away so that you actually have time to think, to plan, to prepare. You have to actually take time to sit and be with your own thoughts, however scary that might be, which I think is one of the battles that we have going on, especially with our cell phones and social media and the multitude of TV and media that's just being produced, is they want you to think like they think. They want you to kind of buy in to what everyone else is quote unquote thinking. So you actually need to take time to sit and think. And one of the best ways to do that is journaling. You actually have to take time, think about your day, write down on paper, which actually kind of materializes ideas. So find ways that you can actually take time to sit down and think. And especially in our work. Sometimes we get into this idea that 
I think it's like Time Robbery, which I've seen on on The Office, uh, a couple other shows, and even in some HR training that I've done, where the idea of if you're not working, you're actually stealing from the company. And so I don't think thinking is not working. Honestly, if you're taking 15 minutes to just kind of think about what needs to be done, think about your life, think about what's going on, you end up being ultimately more productive for the rest of your day rather than I need to be constantly doing some kind of busy work in order to actually be ethical. So find ways to actually take time to think, especially at work and especially in school. Take time to sit down and just be with yourself, however long it may be, which is why meditation becomes increasingly popular. It's quiet. You're allowed to think. You're allowed to work through problems. You're allowed to work through solutions. And the idea that McEwen kind of talks about is when you take time to think, instead of pulling maybe a millimeter in every direction, you're pulling several feet in a single direction when you take the time to actually think. Just jumping in here real quick to share a website I've used and will continue to use to improve myself and my career. Skillshare is an online learning community with over 20,000 classes to choose from. Whatever you're passionate about, you can find an amazing class on Skillshare to hone your practice. Skillshare has what you need. Learning is so critical for our lives and is a lifelong journey. Even when we finish school, we should keep on learning and keep working to improve ourselves. So you can try Skillshare absolutely free for one month. Go to Skillshare.com and sign up and use the code MYCAREERPATHFREE. That's all lowercase, no spaces to start your first month at no charge. And when you do decide to keep on taking those classes, use the code MYCAREERPATH30, that's MYCAREERPATH30, to get 30% off your first year on Skillshare. Keep learning and keep going. Now let's get back to the show. One of the more interesting topics that Greg McEwen actually talks about is the idea of chronos and kairos, which are Greek terms, chronos actually being the idea of living in the future. You're always looking ahead or behind something. You're not living in the present. Where Kairos is the opposite. You're living in the moment. You're experiencing time as it was meant to be experienced. Kronos is measured and counted. Think about how much of your workday is actually spent looking at a clock and thinking, okay, only four more hours. Three more hours till lunch. Only 30 more minutes until I go back off my break. We're constantly living in a state of countdown. Some people even suggest that the anticipation to vacation or time off is actually more satisfying than the actual vacation itself because we're looking forward to something instead of living in the moment. So to be an essentialist is to actually live in the present, being present in the moment and living. He relates a lunch date that he has with his wife where they challenged each other to not talk about anything else but what was going on right then and there the meal that they were currently having, the people that were surrounding them, what they noticed in the place. And it was actually really challenging. And it was something that I was trying to do a while back when I had lunch with my dad. It's the idea of, okay, we're not going to talk about what has happened. We're not talking about what will happen. We're talking about right here and now. And it's more difficult than you think because we're so attuned to either living in the future, counting down to something, or living in past experiences. We're kind of bad at living in the present. And we're very much hardwired to kind of do that when we're setting goals and thinking about what's going on. And ultimately, when we're doing that, time kind of passes us by. We end up looking back and going, wow, that was four years ago. Wow, that was 20 years ago. So taking the time to actually live in the present, to actually enjoy what's going on around us. I thought that was something that's 
really interesting for me, especially because in my life, that's how I felt for a lot of my working days. And especially when you're in a job that you don't particularly enjoy. It's that kind of slog of, all right, I need to kind of get through everything. All right, just six more hours until I can go home. And then when you're at home, and especially for me, it was like, okay, I got home. All right, just three more hours until I go to bed, and then I get to do it all over again. And it was such a a miserable way to live. So changing that mindset of living in the present, living in the here and now, will actually ultimately be better for our lives as we decide what's essential and what's not, because we have the power to do so. The last thing that I'll share about essentialism is this. This quote from Greg McEwen, you can do anything, but not everything. We're able to accomplish so much and we can do so much, especially in our careers. If you set your sights on becoming a CEO, a doctor, a nurse, a teacher, you can do so, but you can't do all of those things. We have a limited amount of time, which is why it's important to live in the present and work towards what we want to actually have happen. We choose what we're going to work towards. We choose what we're going to do with our lives. Because if we don't, someone else will ultimately choose for us. And whether that be in our family, career, or personal life, we can suffer from decision fatigue, which is a relatively new idea and concept for humans. If you think back to our prehistoric ancestors, and even just several centuries ago, you didn't have the option to choose to be a doctor, an accountant, a teacher, a scientist. You basically took over what your family did because that was the only option to you. Now, we're blessed, honestly, to live in such a time where there's so many opportunities, so many options available to us, but that can also be incredibly overwhelming. As I am well aware when I was choosing my degree and choosing what I wanted to do with my career, and I still, frankly, am not sure. There's so many options and opportunities out there but I don't know what's out there, which is why I wanted to start the podcast and why I want to help you guys out. I want you guys to see what's available. I want you guys to hear from experts and people in those fields, how they decided what they wanted to go into, how they decided who they wanted to be, and hopefully show you a path that you can follow and kind of make your own. The sheer amount of careers and jobs that are available to you right now are staggering. It's the essentialist that's actually able to discern which opportunities are worth pursuing and which ones are worth leaving alone for someone else. Anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that book review. I hope you guys pick it up for yourself. It was actually really eye-opening for me, just seeing what's essential, trying to decide what to focus on, what to put my attention towards, because that's a very limited resource that all of us have. We can do anything, but not everything. If you did like this episode, make sure to leave a five-star review. Please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to know what careers you guys are interested in, who you'd like to hear from, what ones you guys are possibly looking at for future careers, and hopefully I can get someone on the show to talk about it. So let me know your feedback. I'd love to hear from you guys. Until next time, catch you guys later.